Okay, so I recently watched Netflix Stranger Things, and it is amazing. For those of you who have not seen the show, I highly encourage you to go sit on your couch for the next eight hours, and then come back to this podcast, because I'm about to spoil all of season one. I like the show so much that I managed to find a reason to watch the whole thing again, and that reason was to find all the clinical trials violations involving Experiment 11, which I'm about to go through right now. I'm Dakota Rowland, and you're listening to Putting on a Clinic, the podcast that provides a glimpse into the sometimes mysterious world of clinical research in the pharmaceutical industry. Today's episode is Learning from Eleven, a clinical perspective of Netflix Stranger Things, brought to you by Crocodile Clinical Trials Consulting. Now, I wanted to cover Stranger Things earlier, but I didn't want to spoil it for our producer, Brent Baer. You finished the season, right, Brent? Yes, I did. And while you were watching, you kept thinking about all the research violations you were seeing, right? Uh, not really, but it was a good show. Well, that's alright, because I'm going to do a quick recap of the whole first season and point out all the clinical trials violations you might have missed. Alright, let's do it. Okay, here we go. So the story takes place in the 80s in the small town of Hawkins, Indiana. Now, clearly not a lot happens here, until recently. Throughout this story, we'll be following the main character whose name is Eleven. Eleven is a young girl who's maybe about, well, 11 years old, and has a shaved head. But we don't see her right away. We first see Eleven on a stormy night. She sneaks into this burger joint, and she's stealing food out of the kitchen. And there's this dude who runs a burger joint. His name's Benny. Benny catches her, realizes there's something off with this kid, and he calls social services. And then Connie from Social Services shows up, and of course, what does she do? She just shoots him right in the head. At this point, everything's still good from a clinical trials perspective. Eleven runs away and runs into the boys, Mike, Lucas, and Dustin, who we'll be following around for a while here. They're looking for their missing friend, Will. And that ends episode one. At this point, we're good. No clinical trials violations. Then episode two picks back up. The boys bring Eleven back to Mike's house. Mike lets her spend the night hiding in his basement while she explains that bad men with guns are after her. Eleven then shows Mike the tattoo on her arm that says Eleven and says that's her name. So the next day, we have Mike who skips school to hang out with Eleven. And he just kind of uses the excuse that he's just worried about his friend Will, so he can't go to school. So while he's ditching school, he he shows her his stuff and she sees a picture of Will. And then right then, Mike's mom shows up, and he has Eleven quick hide in the closet. And this triggers a flashback for her of her being dragged into a cell, screaming Papa to the white-haired man we saw show up at the burger joint. At this point, we don't know that Eleven means Experiment Eleven, but we are starting to see our first indication of some clinical trials violations. Clinical trials rarely involve prisoners. Now, we don't know for sure that Eleven's a prisoner, but it kind of seems like she's being kept against her will. And clinical trials don't involve prisoners. There's a lot of red tape. So they can't really consent when they're being held against their will. It's kind of hard to make sure that they're not being unduly coerced when they're in kind of such terrible situations. So then Mike's mom doesn't discover Eleven. And then Mike and Lucas return from school. And Lucas thinks they should kind of tell Mike's mom that they're hiding this girl in, in his basement. And he's about to rush off and tell Mike's mom when Eleven slams the door of their mind. Everybody freaks out, including me. Eleven's nose starts to bleed. 
Now, these are some nerdy kids. They just like to play Dungeons and Dragons, and they basically just found out that their friend's a superhero. So then we get start following the local cop, Popper. We saw him looking for Will, but uh, who really cares about Will? Winona Ryder is going to be yelling about him the whole season. I'm already over Will. Eleven's the one that has all my attention. Anyway, Hopper's looking into burger joint Benny. It's kind of been made out to look like a suicide, which we know isn't true. And then he learns that there was this shaved head kid running around the burger joint. And he thinks this must be Will. So then we look back at Eleven. The boys are sneaking leftover fruit from dinner down to her in the basement. And uh, they kind of ask her about Will. So Eleven uses the Dungeons and Dragon board to show them all that Will is hiding in some weird dark place with some monster after him. So then we cut back to Hop, investigating and finding a sewer that leads into a restricted facility. This facility is the Hawkins National Laboratory, which is run by the Department of Energy. Why the Department of Energy needs a laboratory is kind of beyond me, but you know we're about to find out that there's a lot of fishy things going on here. So we still don't really know what goes on at the facility at this point, but we find out later that it's a secret investigative site doing experiments, and this is just one of the worst investigative sites I've ever seen. If the FDA were to audit this site, they'd be getting a boatload of 483s. Now, for those of you who don't know what a 483 is, it states the findings of an audit, and it is not good, and it can lead to a site not being able to do research at all. Now, this is scary on the level of the demigorgon for research sites. But they are doing one thing right. It's important for sites to keep study drugs secure with all the barbed wire fencing and armed guards. I think they're doing a pretty good job. I don't think I've ever seen a clinical investigative site with so much security. So, end of episode two, quick clinical trials recap. Security of drug, A+. All other findings, nah, still pending. So we start back episode three. The boys are all back in school. Eleven's chilling at Mike's house, just flicking TV channels with her mind, you know, the usual for her. She stumbles across a Coke commercial and stops on it. She has this big flashback of her hooked up to machines, and she's crushing Coke cans with her mind. Now, they're measuring her brain waves. Looks like they're getting some great quantitative data. But now we have confirmation from the clip from episode two of her being dragged away that she is, in fact, being held against her will. And they are kind of using her for experiments, and it's likely that they're doing these experiments without her consent. Now, she's a minor, so if, if it weren't for the whole being dragged forcefully away thing, clearly against her will, we might not have any informed consent violations. Minors technically can't give consent. They can give assent, which is basically the same thing, but just for minors, with the addition that there needs to be a guardian there to give consent. Now, it seems like Eleven is a ward of the state, and this Dr. Brenner guy with the white hair is her legal guardian. We don't hear him give his consent, but he's kind of running these experiments, so it's kind of safe to assume that he's cool with all this. Back to the present, Eleven is going to meet up with the boys to help them try to find their friend Will, when a cat strolls on by and triggers another flashback. We see Eleven again, wired up with a whole bunch of sensors to her head, and again, just like the Coke can, except this time there's a cat in front of her. And Eleven refuses to mind kill the cat. If ever, if Eleven ever did assent, she is clearly revoking her assent now. And patients always have the right to revoke consent or assent at any time. But Dr. Brenner doesn't seem to care about this violation. And another violation, if Dr. Brenner really is her guardian, 
he's a little bit biased in this trial because, after all, he's kind of running it. So anyway, so then we see the guards drag her back to her cell. And as they're dragging her back to her cell, Eleven just mind kills him. So yeah, Eleven can mind kill people. So now we kind of start to see why the government is so interested in her. Anyway, checking back in on our cop friend Hopper. He's still running around trying to find Will. And he's trying to get access into this Hawkins National Laboratory run by the Department of Energy. He thinks something fishy's going on and, well, he's a cop and uh, I guess he's learned to trust his hunches because he's right. Anyway, now if he was from the FDA, he would have to be granted access to study data for an audit. But he's just a cop, so no clinical trials violations on not letting him in. He manages to scam his way in anyway, and notices that the security footage has been messed with, and gets suspicious. So he starts doing a little bit more investigating, looks into Dr. Brenner, and finds that he has ties to LSD mind control experiments. He gets called away in the middle of doing this research because they found Will's body. Now, Mike's all pissed at Eleven for telling him that Will was alive when, you know, clearly Will's not because we see his body. And this kind of ends episode three. At this point, clinical trials violations are finally starting to pile up. We have no assent, use of a prisoner, use of a minor with no benefits to the minor, and the bias of Dr. Brenner involving a ward that he's responsible for and a trial that he's in charge of. So then episode four starts. Eleven uses her mind to call Will on the walkie-talkie to prove to Mike that he's still alive. So, plus one for government conspiracy theorists. Definitely on the spot this time. Eleven again tries to prove to the rest of the boys by calling uh, Mike up or Will up on the uh, walkie-talkie, but the signal's too weak. Now, these boys, again, are your typical 80s nerds, so of course they're in the AV club at school, and they just decide to sneak her in to use the better equipment. They throw a blonde wig on her and... One of Will or Mike's sister's dresses, and it's just good to go, normal as could be. Swedish cousin. So there's an assembly at school for the now dead Will, at least how everyone else thinks. And there's some bullies that are laughing during it. And this is kind of really pissing Mike off that they're just laughing at his dead friend, even though he knows his friend isn't really dead. Now Mike's a skinny dude, but he kind of gets in the face of this bully. About he's about to get his butt handed to him, and then Eleven pops in with her mind freezes the bully, and makes him piss himself in front of everybody. Now, this isn't relevant to clinical trials, but it's kind of hilarious, so I felt like talking about it. Anyway, the kids sneak her into the AV room with all the radio equipment, which triggers another flashback. Eleven's now back in the lab, and she's using radio equipment to listen in on people. Eleven. Then we're back to uh, the AV room. Eleven manages to reach Will, and Winona Ryder can somehow hear him as well, and Will's in trouble. Eleven tells him to run. Now, the AV equipment at this point bursts into flames, and Eleven is left really weak with her usual nosebleed, fire alarms going off, everyone has to evacuate. So then we check back into the lab, and there's this weird wormhole thing going on, and they're sending a dude in there in a big suit and connected to a steel wire. Guy looks like he's going into outer space. Needless to say, moments later, he's dead. But the lab doesn't seem concerned. Back to Hopper again, he's beating up people, trying to figure out what's up with Will, notices the government's up to something, breaks into the morgue, cuts open Will's body, and once you know it, it's a fake. Stuffed with cotton like a big, realistic stuffed animal. So, he decides that he's breaking back into that lab. And this ends episode four. So, quick clinical trials recap. 
no new clinical trials violation. Radio experiment seems pretty harmless. Didn't really seem to harm 11 at all. So, you know, it's okay for clinical trials to involve minors where there's not really any risk. Episode 5 starts back. Hopper's managed to break back into this lab, starting to question their security a little bit. Now twice he's gotten in there. And he sees a child's bedroom and immediately gets shot with a tranquilizer, wakes up back in his house, and he just starts ripping apart his trailer. He finds a bug, another point for government's conspiracy theorists. Meanwhile, the will-looking stuffed animals get in a funeral. Brenner's goons are listening to the conversation from last episode between Will and Winona Ryder and determine Eleven must have had something to do with it. They check on the burnt AV equipment and figure out this is probably more work of Eleven. So after the funeral, the kids are strategizing on how to find Will, and Dustin notices that his compass isn't pointing north. So they determine that this big portal that got ripped open from Eleven must be what's throwing off the needle, and they decide to follow the compass to get to the portal. So while they're running around, Eleven has another flashback. She's being put in this giant sense deprivation tank, which is supposed to enhance her powers. So we see her next to this Russian guy barking orders, and she's transmitting the signal through the speakers in the lab. Now we know the government, why the government's using her in these experiments, because they're trying to use her to spy on the Russians. So this is where things really get interesting from a clinical trials perspective. There are a few loopholes for government involving clinical trials, which means that there might not be as many violations as we thought. There's one small loophole where the president can waive the need for consent under some strange circumstances. Now, we don't see this happen, but who knows how high this thing goes. Circumstances where the president might waive consent are if the experiment's being run by the Department of Defense, which looks like might be happening here and they involve a member of the military. And I don't think Eleven's part of the military, but who knows. And it also needs to be an issue of national security. And if they have her spying on Russians, I think we're meeting that criteria. Now, the one other criteria where they can waive consent is that voluntary participation could risk the health or jeopardize the mission. And I'm not really seeing how having her on board willingly would do that. But who can be sure, this one's a little subjective. Now, while this is still very morally questionable, we might not have any clinical trials violations involving consent. Anyway, the flashback ends and we start hearing some growling noises. Levin isn't trying to go back to the lab to be part of those experiments, so she's using her mind to move the compass needle, having the boys will just walk around in circles. So here we kind of have more evidence that Levin did not give her assent. She's clearly actively trying not to go back to this lab and be part of these experiments. But the boys figure it out, and they get mad at her and start arguing, and then Eleven manages to mind-throw Lucas and knocks him out. Now when he comes to, he starts flipping out, and now Mike's even mad, because Eleven just hurt his friend. And Eleven gets kind of scared, and she just runs away. Then episode 5 ends with Hopper going back to Winona's rider's house, and after checking to see if her house is bugged too... He tells her that she was right all along, and that Will's not dead, and that there is something strange up. This ends episode 5. So, we're back to not allowing study persons access to the study area, and other violations, since Hopper clearly managed to get into there. We have more evidence that there was no consent given for Eleven to be in these studies, by Eleven trying to avoid going back to the lab. 
but we might not have any consent violations if we're kind of using this presidential loophole involving national security. So we're going to have to wait and see on that one. Episode 6 starts, and we have Hopper telling Winona Ryder what he saw in this lab, that there was a child's bedroom, and they're finally figuring out now that the kid at the burger joint isn't Will. So Hopper starts going back over his research that he was doing at the library on Brenner, and he turns up a woman's name who accused Brenner of stealing her daughter. Now this lady seems like she's kind of out of her mind. She's clearly just sort of written off as some quack. But Hopper and Winona go to try to find her. And they find her, but she's all catatonic. She lives with her sister. Doesn't really seem like she's even there anymore. But they learn that she was part of a medical research study involving LSD and saltwater isolation tanks. The studies were intended to expand the boundaries of the mind. They seem to have her consent, so that part's good from a clinical trial's perspective. But they forgot one big thing as part of any clinical trial. They forgot to do a pregnancy test on her. And it turns out, big violation, because she was pregnant. And this is just bad research. For the most part, you'll want to avoid doing clinical trials on women who are pregnant or may become pregnant, because it's an unnecessary risk to the baby. Anyway, the official story with, with this woman is that her child was miscarried in the third trimester, which would be a serious adverse event, potentially a reason to stop doing the trial. But the woman insisted the child was born and had psychic powers. Under any other circumstances, this sounds pretty crazy, but we already know that this child is 11, so I'm buying it right away. Anyway, let's check back in on her. So after runaway, Eleven wakes up in the woods. She's dirty, she's managed to lose her wig. She's hungry, so she wanders in her grocery store. We get another flashback of that sensory deprivation tank, and she's making contact with a demigorgon. Anyway, back to the grocery store, she's stealing Eggos, walking out like a boss while insulting the manager and breaking some glass with her mind. Mike and Dustin are looking for Eleven and see the commotion in the grocery store, and figure it had to be Eleven, so that she's got to be close. So the boys head in the woods to find her. Anyway, while the boys are walking around, they encounter the bully and his lackey from school. And those guys are pissed. The bully has a knife, and he says he's going to stab Dustin if Mike doesn't jump off the quarry. Now this quarry looks really high. It looks like he's jumping to his death if he jumps off of there. But this kid seems pretty serious, so Mike says he'll do it. And right as Mike jumps, he just stops midair. And it's Eleven. She brings him back and just for good measure, breaks the bully's arm with her mind. Eleven passes out from this and flashes back to meeting a demigorgon in the other dimension. Now we've already seen this demigorgon eat people, so we clearly know it's dangerous. So we got another violation here. Putting a child at undue risk without benefit to the patient. And then that ends episode 6. So only one new violation there. Not too bad. Episode 7 starts, begins with Eleven and Mike back at Mike's house. They have a moment, they almost kiss, Dustin busts in and interrupts. Then Lucas is on the walkie-talkie yelling that Dr. Brenner's goons are on their way to his house. So Chase pursues, Eleven manages to flip a van with her mind, and they end up hiding out in an abandoned bust while they're being looked for. So Hopper's now managed to team up with Mike and Will's siblings to try to locate the kid. Hop manages to uh, find the kid's right as the agents do, and just goes all Bruce Lee on them, beats up the agents, helps rescue the kids, they all escape to hide in the school. So now Hopper kind of wants some answers, and the kid, kids explain that Will is in some alternate dimension. And then Eleven tries to use her mind to find Will, but can't, so she recommends kind of building one of these sensory deprivation tanks. 
The kids all run around, manage to find supplies, and they build one out of the supplies around the school. So here we have another clinical trials violation. So they're now using a new facility without prior approval to start running these experiments. But at this point, I think we're on the kids' side, so we're going to let that one slide. Winona Ryder and Hopper go to try to bust into the lab and are caught by the guards. So clinical trials recap. Again, from clinical trials perspective, A plus on security. That LSD study drug is definitely safely guarded. They got Hopper almost immediately. But we haven't even seen the study drug yet, so we're not sure if it's there. We have a new violation of the kids using facilities without prior approval. This ends episode 7. Episode 8 starts after being caught at the lab. Hopper and Winona Ryder end up making a deal to go into the other dimension to try to find Will. This is clearly just a ploy for Brenner to just get rid of them. He's already seen one person go in there and did not take long to find out that they weren't coming back. And he kind of says this to his guys as they go in. So here we have another violation involving a participant with risk without any benefit. So Eleven's still at the school with the other guys. And then the lady, Connie, from social services, and some of the other government goons corner the kids. This is a bad move on Connie's part. Eleven makes everybody's eyes start to bleed, and they all fall over dead. Eleven passes out, and Dr. Brenner manages to capture the group again. Blood from Connie and the rest of the dead agents has attracted the Demigorgon, and right then it pops out and kills Dr. Brenner, allowing the kids to escape. So as far as we know, they don't have a backup PI now that Dr. Brenner is dead. While this situation is rare in clinical trials, it's important to have a backup doctor to take over the study in case something bad happens to the primary doctor, like getting eaten by a demigorgon. Anyway, the demigorgon chases after the kids, running down through the halls. For some reason, the kids think their slingshot's going to help, even though they saw Brenner's goons shoot out with assault weapons. But luckily for them, Experiment 11 has one last surge. She uses her mind to slam a demigorgon against the wall, turns around, says goodbye to Mike, and then in a flash, Eleven and the Demigorgon disappear. Now that's the last we see of Experiment Eleven. Hopper and Winona Ryder, meanwhile, have saved Will, and we end with a nice, happily ever after Christmas Day, you know, minus all the dead people, and of course all the clinical trials violations. But there's still one last violation I've been worrying about. A clinical trial has to involve more than one person, and Experiment Eleven has only been one person. But then again... If she's Experiment 11, what happened to Experiments 1 through 10? I don't know, but Stranger Things has been renewed for Season 2, so I guess we'll all just have to wait and see. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm Dakota Rowland with Crocodile CTC, and this has been Putting on a Clinic, Learning from Eleven, a clinical perspective of Netflix Stranger Things.